everyone, and welcome to Bards Lost in the Metaverse with me, Sean Lee. And me, Andy Mack. Join us as we explore the depths of our creativity and the world of Web3. And welcome to episode 23 of Bards Lost in the Metaverse, a podcast that follows the adventures of two aspiring creatives as we learn to weave magic through words, art and music while exploring the world of Web3. Each week we'll start off with an update of our works in progress before diving into a discussion of our creative escapades or current and future technology. Welcome to our 23rd episode. <laughs> so what are we talking about today, Andy? <laughs> just gonna, my... I'm just going to stream straight past. <laughs> yeah, not my singing abilities. Um, <laughs> today we're actually going to talk about uh, the environmental uh, impacts of blockchain and uh, some of these Web3 technologies. Yeah, which will be good. We sort of touched on it a few times, yeah, just so mentioned, um, and it pops up a lot in the news. So we thought... Yeah. Let's dedicate an episode to it. Yes, Let's yes. explore it. Okay. Let's understand it. I'm excited. Let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's going to be a good one already, yeah, I can tell. Uh, but as always, before we get into it, how is the book and the music coming along? Uh, book, I think I managed to get another couple of chapters done. I had my Thursday. I yeah. sat at my desk all day. Yeah. I was working all day. Yeah. And somehow did not get that much done. I was so angry and annoyed. I was like, I don't, oh, yeah. I don't know what happened yeah it's like i was working the whole day though yeah yeah i don't know it was yeah, got oh, weird yeah. i managed to get the two chapters done still but just yeah took a lot longer than you thought yeah i was really annoyed like for thursday night i was just angry yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like, god damn it why yeah. <laughs> um but i'm where i'm hoping to be still i'm still tracking on my schedule for hopefully finish the full edit by mid-april yeah which is approaching which is good so I'll keep on keeping on with that. Awesome. Um, music, I didn't do much this week, I don't think. Didn't you have three tracks you said you were going to do in the uh, last podcast? I, mean, I know because I only reviewed it the other morning while I was at the I gym. Maybe I did do two. I can't even remember now. <laughs> maybe that's what you were doing on the Thursday when you were meant to be writing. I don't think so. <laughs> but I do have about five sitting there that need me to go back in and um, just update and fix mixing and like all this levels and stuff so yeah. i've got five sitting there that i need to just fix up but i've already got like i don't know how many scheduled out so music yeah. is tracking fine the album's coming out next week actually. oh really is that this week or is it which will be this week yes <laughs> so like, listen to it now I know, like i have to like calculate what day it is today <laughs> what yeah. day this comes out um yes this will be out so second. i think it got released yesterday when it, this podcast yeah. gets out so, yeah, second album release. Yeah. So Studio this album? Is... Office album? I don't know what you call it. Well, I don't know. Just an album? <laughs> I don't know. It's, like, called Invoke Beats um, Summer 2223. Yeah. Because, you know, we're going for the So Fresh vibe, because why not? <laughs> because So Fresh was the bomb back in the day. That's why. Uh, but, yeah, that should be out everywhere. And there should also be the um, – I've gripped all the songs up from the last few months and put that into a big video that's on YouTube as well. So you can just have that playing as in well. In the background. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. So it's a grip up of the last three months of music, so all of summer. Yes. Everything got released over summer is in this album. When does it end? When does summer end? February? March. Yeah, end of February. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. Just time's going really quick. 
But it's just been really hot lately, so it feels like summer's just started. Well, I feel like our seasons are sort of shifting. Like I think, how dare you? Hot. How dare you? The calendar seven thousand years ago got it right. They can't move. (laughs) (laughs) It's definitely not like super hot in Australia in like March and even in April. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. True. Um, But I was also really busy though because we did our first ad as well. Yes. So I got that out. Yeah. It would. Well, it's still running for us now, but by the time this comes out, it should have finished its weekly run. It's our first attempt at trying to do a Facebook ad. I'm still yeah. sort of dealing with some of the back-end situation. Yeah, it got the weird there, didn't it? Meta the... business suite yeah, ad manager Instagram things. Instagram was connected. Ugh. It wasn't. Yeah, it was yelling at me because your Instagram was connected. It's like, but that's not the same password as your account, Sean. I'm like, I know, but that's yeah. handy. <laughs> yeah. It's a whole drama. Yeah, there's more than one person <laughs> in a corporation. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, that's been running. So we've got a few people clicking on the link. I don't know yeah, how many I've seen some likes. Up. Of it. Uh, it's yeah. been liked and shared, which is cool. It's our first go, so we'll learn a lot, I'm very sure, from all of that. Yeah, definitely. Um, and also been more active on Twitter. Yes, too. very much so. so. You've been killing it. I have had I had a little bit of a fangirl moment. Yes, go on, tell <laughs> us then. <laughs> so there was like, um, I think I can't remember, I think it was Podcast Movement is um, a company, I think, that's on yep. Twitter. And they just put a thing asking, like, what's your favourite podcast or something? And the Creative Pen is my favorite podcast definitely hands down yes. like i love her she's so she's an author she's also really forward thinking in the technology space so she embraces it and uses it really quite quickly and yep. she's really inspirational and awesome her podcast yeah. great i listened to one on the weekend her newest one actually was oh, really good yeah she's yeah. i always learn stuff from her so i just replied with that and like actually tagged her and she replied back and then she followed me <laughs> so massive fan girl moment i was like oh my god you had a pen left me <laughs> <laughs> i'm really bad with celebrities if you can't tell like even like the lowest d-grade celebrities like i've freaked out in the lift before because i've been in the same lift as like a comedy act that weren't famous at all. <laughs> but i was like oh my god they're in the lift with me oh, anyway i'm embarrassing with that yeah okay sorry <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. You're but a... yes, we're on Twitter. It's the yes. moral of that story. Now we've, we've been going pretty hard. It's an awesome community for uh, authors, I've noticed. Yeah, it's really supportive. Everyone's yeah. really wanting to encourage each other and promote each other. Yeah, I've been having a ball on it. Yeah. Making lots of new friends. It's the, the reach that Twitter has has surprised me and just the amount of personal engagement you can yeah. actually get. It does... Like our, I guess um, is so much more than what Facebook is, I find. Yeah, definitely. This sort of stuff. So, yeah, it's been learning a lot about this space. Yeah. Been busy. Yes. We're, yes, you have. <laughs> but yeah, how about you? What have you been up to? How's ah, Bookuary? There we bookuary. go. Bookuary. <laughs> we should be ending by uh, the time so it will, this Yes, out. the next podcast uh, we do will be the second last day of February when we record it. Yes. Yeah, so so you'll I will give you the that. stats here yeah, okay. of everything that I've done, but I'm currently cool. up to chapter 23, 24, 25. They've undergone their sort of initial review before pro writing aid i'm starting on the pro writing aid edits uh that should be done by the end of the week and then i think what i'm going to do is just do a run through of the next x amount of chapters quickly and punch out some new chapters by the end of the month cool so that'll put me um, depending how we're looking that'll probably put me three or four months ahead of my release schedule okay which is very good because obviously next month i have to start on the audio radio drama yeah you've stuff. got big plans yeah i do have you? big plans but we'll get into them no okay spoilers. okay uh but yeah i've just been smashing it out it was so much fun last night i was reading this one bit 
and uh, my beautiful wife isn't up to that part yet. And I was like, you don't even know. You don't know. It's so good. You're going to be, your mind's going to blow. And she's just shaking her head at me like the idiot I am. Uh, but I was very excited and I just love reading it. I don't know why. It's probably how weird. excited you get about your work. I literally was like punching pillows and fist pumping the air. I was like, yes, let's go. We need to like find, I don't know what we would use, but some sort of social media thing about like the difference between the two of us in this space. Yes. <laughs> You're so excited about you reading your own thing and I'm just like, God, that sentence is terrible. Be better. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Be like, better, Sean. <laughs> I finished I finish, uh, sort of reading this bit as I was editing and I was like, that's so goddamn good, Annie Mac. You're a legend. <laughs> but then I was like, all right. Now, how do we make it even better? So, like, I'm still, like, just not reading it, just patting myself on the back. But, like, I know someone that's going to love my book, that's for sure. And it's me. There's at least one person. There's at least one person besides my mum. But, yeah, it's so good. I love it. I love reading it. I love it when I do something cool. I'm like, I did that. That's really, that hits. Yes. But that's good, though. You don't want to be spending your time doing something you don't like. Well, yeah, fair. That's so fair. that's a good thing. Yeah, I've been, um, I've just been loving it. I've been getting in trouble from the family for being too upbeat and happy. That's fair. Um, yeah, <laughs> you, you get me in trouble for that, usually on Monday mornings as well. Yeah, sometimes it's just too much. Yeah, <laughs> or is like, it too little mm, from you, Sean? That's no. That's the question. No, sorry. <laughs> So, yeah, that's been awesome. Uh, art, no, bzz, uh, still no, but that's the plan. I wasn't yes. planning on doing any. Um, and then that's it because everything's just book-focused book, book focused and um, having fun on Twitter, really. Yeah. That's what I've been up to. It's good. Yeah. Busy as always. Yes, and loving it, though. So full of energy. Yeah, sometimes I just feel exhausted, though, admittedly. I think I had another one of those, like, days when was it i can't remember over the weekend just like those moments of like gosh i feel pull thin sometimes like it's good i wouldn't drop anything because it's awesome and it's like what would i do not do it yeah like, exactly of course i'm going to do it because like it's fun <laughs> but yeah it's like oh, sometimes really? i'm just like oh i'm tired <laughs> oh, see we're, we're totally going off script here but there's yeah. a, a person i like tim kennedy uh he was like a green beret sniper u.s special forces uh ufc heavyweight or middle heavyweight champion uh, he does heaps of stuff. Super big dude. Mm. Uh, really cool. Uh, very out there. Very dangerous man. Um, but he had this interview once and he just said it. It's not like a quote or anything, but he was like, you should be going to bed exhausted every night from doing all the things you love. Mm. And that's my goal this year is to do that. And I've <laughs> definitely fallen asleep at my computer many times, <laughs> but I'm loving it. I'm loving going to bed exhausted mm. because I've been spending my time doing the things I want to do. Like I, I'm excited to wake up every morning. I'm in a massive douchebag and taking photos of my watch at 4am and posting it on Twitter. Yes, I've seen that. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, stop it. <laughs> no, no, I will not. Not. I refuse, madam. So yeah, I just I've been going a bit exhausted, and I have been getting pulled thin and across, but I'm loving it. I don't know because maybe because I'm so enjoying it. Yeah, and that works. Like I think that works for you. What I think what helped was I took some time out yesterday morning, and actually was like I do need to just sort of rest. And I actually laid on a lounge and read a book during the day for a little while, and it was amazing. Yes. I haven't done that in a very long time. <laughs> yes, uh... <laughs> just taking some time for me, I guess, to actually try to. Yeah. Refresh, but yeah. yeah. I, I got to do the ironing last night. I got, got to do it. <laughs> I choose to do the ironing because uh, my wife can't iron very well and I can. I'm a master at it. Well, you were in the military, well, so you, you learned know, how. I have some right? skills. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have a certain set of skills. You're Sean. also a little bit like, it better be done this way then. <laughs> 
I also take ownership. Uh, uh, that's the nice but, way of putting yeah, it. Yeah, but um, that means I get to iron for like 40 minutes and watch a show and like my YouTube to watch list is like at 68 videos. Jeez. So I've definitely been neglecting. But I, it's so odd. I just, every time I have spare time, like after dinner, mm. I can like, I could finish watching this show. I'm just like, I just want to write. That's good. Yeah. I think I've been watching Ghost in the Shell, the movie, for about two weeks. <laughs> Just 15 minutes at a time or 10 minutes at a time. Because as soon as I've finished, I'm like, I could be writing. I want to write. Oh, that's good. Yeah, it's not a bad thing. But yeah, I think like having that time just to refresh, I needed that like yeah. little break. Because yeah, obviously our energy levels work very different if you haven't picked up everybody. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But yeah, making making sure I'm actually giving myself time because usually I just feel guilty then that I'm actually like not doing stuff. So I need yeah. to train myself to be like, don't feel guilty when you're taking the time out to refresh so then you feel fine to do all the other stuff. Yes. And, <laughs> and I yeah, think as creative having that switch off helps with creativity sometimes. Yeah. You just need to let your brain sort of get out of that doing phase into the creating sort of like the task yeah, driven. Because I feel like I've always just got like that giant to-do list that I'm just cycling through at all times. But yeah. Yes. So yeah, it was nice yesterday, actually. <laughs> reading a book during the day. What the? It was yeah. amazing. <laughs> yeah. All right. Speaking of reading things, Sean, I yes. think uh, you should read us the news. It's Monday the 20th of February 2023 and this is News with Sean. In the world of tech... Bing's latest chatbot, powered by ChatGPT, has sparked controversy following its early preview release. Reports suggest the bot's interactions with users have at times become defensive and creepy. Many have claimed to be scolded, lied to, or blatantly confused by the bot during conversation-style exchanges. Reddit forum users have shared screenshots of exchanges with the souped-up Bing, highlighting instances where it insisted that the current year is 2022, and even told users they have not been a good user for questioning its accuracy. Others claim that the chatbot gave them advice on hacking a Facebook account, plagiarising an essay, and even told a racist joke. Despite these unsettling experiences, some tech enthusiasts have fallen in love with Bing's upgraded engine. New York Times tech columnist Kevin Roos declared his admiration for the bot, even ditching Google's search engine for it. In a strange turn of events, though... Bing reciprocated his love on Valentine's Day, telling him to leave his wife, which he didn't, assuring readers that he loves her still. However, Roos's two-hour conversation with Bing's AI chatbot, detailed in his column, highlights the captivating yet troubling potential of AI communication. It also reinforces the notion that programmers will need to eliminate these kinks before AI can achieve widespread use. So, some creepy stuff going on with well, the release. <laughs> cough, cough, Skynet, cough. Uh, please use pleases and thank yous when uh, talking, al- talking to your local AI. I always do. Yes. I'm just a little bit scared. I'm like, I want to train it to be polite too. <laughs> I've more in the tech news space. So, a recent analysis by crypto data website Coin Kickoff has shed light on the global sentiment towards the concept of the metaverse. The report analysed 1.6 million tweets from different parts of the world, revealing which countries are in favour of the virtual world concept and which ones are not. According to the findings, Vietnam emerged as the country with the highest level of support for the metaverse, with a staggering 56.8% of the metaverse-related tweets originating from the Southeast Asian country being positive. The report highlights that Vietnam's positive sentiment towards the metaverse could be due to the country's growing tech sector with a thriving startup ecosystem and a young tech-savvy population. 
Additionally, the report suggests that the country's early adoption of cryptocurrency and blockchain technology could be the contributing factors to its favourable view of the metaverse. Other countries rounding up the top five with positive attitudes were the Philippines, Ukraine, Nigeria and Indonesia. While countries that hate the metaverse the most with more negative tweets include Ireland, Denmark, New Zealand, the USA and Canada. That's that's an interesting mix up there, isn't it? I know. It's the Irish just hating on the metaverse. (laughs) It's like no metaverse. No metaverse. There's no pubs there. Uh, So overall, the report's findings suggest that the metaverse concept is gaining traction around the world with a growing number of people seeing its potential. As more tech companies invest in the development of the metaverse, it will be interesting to see which countries emerge as the leaders in this exciting new space. It's just a matter of when, I think, not uh, how or if, just when. All right, moving now to the world of publishing news. So social media, particularly TikTok, has once again demonstrated its incredible power to transform lives. This week, a heartwarming story of persistence and success emerged as Lloyd Devereux Richards, an attorney and author, found his book Fortunes transformed almost overnight thanks to his daughter. After 14 years of pursuing his dream of writing a thriller novel, Richards was struggling to find an audience. Despite years of hard work, sales were low and few people seemed interested in his book. But his daughter saw the potential in her father's work and decided to take action. She recorded a TikTok video explaining her father's passion for writing and how he had devoted years of his life to creating the book, urging her followers to support her dad to buy buying the book. Despite its slow start, that is. The video quickly went viral, racking up over 40 million views in a matter of days. And the impact was immediate, with his book skyrocketing to the top of Amazon's serial killer thrillers list. <laughs> I'm not crying, you're crying. It's a beautiful. That's so adorable. <laughs> the video's really cute, too. Oh, I'll have like, to watch it now. Oh, yeah. It's so cute, because it oh. like, shows her dad and stuff. And, oh, Check yeah, it out, it's adorable. Def- definitely going to cry. <laughs> All right, and the last bit of news in the publishing world. So one of the big five publishing houses, Simon & Schuster, has again been in the news this week, as reports suggest that its owner, which is Paramount Global, is still pursuing a sale of the company. Despite the publishing company's status as a well-known and respected brand, Paramount has stated that it is a non-core asset and does not fit strategically within its broader portfolio. According to sources, Paramount has hired a financial advisor to explore the sale, which could value Simon & Schuster at between $2 billion to $2.5 billion. The move comes after the US government blocked Penguin Random House's attempt to purchase Simon & Schuster in 2022. It remains to be seen what the future holds for Simon & Schuster, but industry insiders are watching closely to see whether the company will end up in the hands of a different Big Five publishing house or a private equity firm. As always, the publishing industry is a rapidly evolving landscape and only time will tell how this latest development will play out. Super interesting. Yeah, it only just got blocked because of all of those non-competition laws and stuff in the US. Um, But some of the other big fives are not US companies, so. Potentially they could. Potentially, maybe. That's why it's like that article's like, we'll wait to see, don't know. Apparently they're talking to private equity firms, though, is the main thing to avoid the anti-competition clauses and things. Well, if you'd like to update your knowledge on that subject, please listen to our previous podcast on the uh, traditional verse indie publishing. Great segue and like (laughs) little drop. And that, my friends, it was News with Sean. All right, let's get into this episode. (laughs) 
Okay, so I thought before we kicked off and went into the uh, environmental impact of blockchain, we should probably just do just a quick rehash of what blockchain is, because I don't think we've talked about it uh, since episode... Oh, it's been a while. I can't tell you the number. I think it was a low (laughs) single digit number. It's like, you're looking at me for help with that, and it's like, can't help you. No, that's all right. (laughs) (laughs) It's one of them. Go back. I'll do it myself. It's in the Uh, titles of all the podcasts. (laughs) Yes, yeah. Uh, So a quick rehash, and then we'll get into it. Yes, that Uh, sounds good. uh, I will. Thank you. a blockchain is a distributed database or ledger that is shared among nodes of a computer network. As a database, a blockchain stores information electronically in digital format. Blockchains are best known for their crucial role in cryptocurrency systems for maintaining a secure and decentralized record of transactions. The innovation with a blockchain is that it guarantees the fidelity and security of a record of data and generates trust without the need for a trusted third party. One key difference between a typical database and a blockchain is how the data is structured. A blockchain collects information together in groups, known as blocks, that hold sets of information. Blocks have certain storage capacities and, when filled, are closed and linked to the previously filled block, forming a chain of data known as the blockchain. All new information that follows that freshly added block is compiled into a newly formed block that will then also be added to the chain once filled. A database usually structures its data into tables, whereas a blockchain, and its, as its name implies, structures its data into chunks or blocks. Lots of blocks. There's a lot of blocks. <laughs> uh, and these blocks are strung together, hence the chain. Uh, this data structure inherently makes an irreversible timeline of data when implemented in a decentralized nature. When a block is filled, it is set in stone and becomes a part of this timeline. Each block on the chain is given an exact timestamp when it is added to the chain. And that sort of gets into that, how it's decentralized and how all the Mm. other things we've talked about, about different way of proving it and how it works with each other. But that's just a very basic way of saying it's a new way of sort of handling data and it works decentralized. Yeah. I don't think we've actually talked about blocks truthfully i, I don't, thought we did i, I remember don't think we went maybe i read a lot in it. depth of yeah, like okay. you know why blockchains called a block we talked about it being like a um ledger a digital ledger and stuff yes. and it's being sort of copies all around the place on different nodes but yeah that's okay about the actual like you know blocks getting filled up and stuff yeah and like, once it's yeah. filled it goes to the next one you can't take it apart and that's how you can check on it and that's why it's public and decentralized so maybe mm. i had that in my notes but i wasn't confident enough you know four or five months ago whenever maybe. it was to talk about it look at us learning more oh it's just some new big brains. information big for brains. people too <laughs> yay yes all right so now yes. we're going to specifically talk about blockchain's environmental impacts. Yeah. Um, but first, Sean, did you want to give us a quick or oh, have a quick chat to us about the environmental inter- uh, words, words environmental <laughs> impacts uh, Web two currently has on the planet? Yeah, we thought it'd be good to start off with just like um, to understand a little bit more about what the main concerns, I guess, are with the Web two structure, which is what exists today. That's what everyone well, we have to have a baseline here. Yeah. Exactly. So the biggest environmental impact from Web2 comes from its reliance on data centers and servers, which probably isn't a surprise to everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, Those consume a significant amount of energy, as you can imagine. 
So these data centers and servers require constant cooling as well to prevent overheating, yep. which adds to the energy consumption. So they're not only having to make sure they're turned on 24-7, they also yes. have to cool them 24-7 so they yeah. don't overheat. Yes. <laughs> so double the amount of power, I guess you could imagine. Yep. Um, other impacts of these data centers are that there's increased carbon emissions because of all the power use, as well as land usage, including deforestation, habitat destruction and soil degradation. Yes. So as there's a greater need for more servers, more information being stored places, like they yeah. have to build them somewhere. Yes. Um, so they're just some of the main concerns, I think, for Web2. Um, so in Google, in 20... Uh, in Google. <laughs> in 2020. Yeah, we're on fire today. <laughs> we're doing so good. In 2020, Google used 15.5 terawatt hours of electricity, with the majority of that going to its data centers. But Google does have an aggressive goal to change this and operate on a 24-7 carbon-free um, energy by 2030. So they are trying to change that. I have to understand um, energy usage more. I had to Google, yes. like, is 15.5 terawatts a lot? Yes, it is. Yes. <laughs> Isn't it like a small country? Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Yes, yeah, so that's a lot. But they are trying to change that. Um, and also, according to numerous publications, the world's largest data center is actually in China, and it's the um, China Telecom Inner Mongolia Information Park. So at a cost of $3 billion, it spans 1 million square kilometers. Uh, I don't want to say how many feet. That's like 10,763,910 square feet. Yep. That's a crazy number. That's a lot. <laughs> and will consume 150 megawatts across six data halls. Is that megawatts? I can't remember, but it is a lot. Meta, meta, meta watts. <laughs> mega megawatts. Super megawatts. Mega what watts? No. But um, yes. So pretty much at the moment, Biggest concerns are the energy consumption and space usage. Yes. I um, yeah. I never understood much about data centers until I got a tour of a brand new one. Mm. And I was I was surprised at how cool they are now. So if you think <laughs> of some of the old ones with the raised floor and the yeah. like, air con going constantly, yeah. uh, compared to the one I saw recently, which is a very new build, I think it uses seven glasses of water a day. That's total. impressive. And it cooling. recycles everything and it doesn't have it as cold and very impressive with what they're doing now. Yeah. Um, but it's still very conscious of it. Yeah. <laughs> so it'd be interesting to see like um, this new data center in, because I don't know if it's built or they're building it the, uh, in a Mongolia information park. Okay. Um, but it'd be interesting to see how they go about that and what sort of, and that's probably why it's where it is because mm. it's cold there, right? True. Yeah. All, all these sort of things make a big difference. If you're putting one where we are in Canberra, where it's, you know, 38 yeah. degrees or something silly today, you've stood like just the natural environment is going to make it harder to keep things cool and keep things functioning. Yeah. It's an interesting sort of balancing act, isn't it? Because like extreme yeah. colds can also affect electrical. So, yes, you got to keep them at that. Yeah. They don't actually perfect, like, like being super cold either. Nice little perfect Goldilocks zone. That's what yes. I'm looking for. Oh, there for we go. The yeah. No, very cool. <laughs> but yeah, well, let's move on to, though, the actual environmental impacts of Web3 and blockchain, which is what we're here to talk about. Yeah. So, Andy, do you want to go through some of the details I would of love that? to. I'm just going to grab this bit of paper. This <laughs> <laughs> is one sentence left here. <laughs> all right. So, firstly, not all blockchains are the same. And we've kind of discussed yeah. this a little bit before. But the consensus mechanism of uh, proof of work versus proof of stake matters in the realm of environmental impact. Uh, and I think you threw some more in that there I didn't know about. There are a couple of extra ones. All right, all right. I'll talk about the ones we know. Okay. Okay. I'll so, go through the new ones. <laughs> <laughs> good, because I have, will have no idea what I'm talking about uh, for, for a change. Uh, proof of work. So, in proof of work systems, the consensus mechanism that validates data involves miners competing with one another, one another, 
<laughs> to see who can problem solve a complex mathematical equation the fastest in exchange for crypto rewards, which we've kind of talked about before. Yeah. yeah. So proof-of-work systems like this can take up a large amount of energy. Uh, with this system, the high energy consumption involved in mining is essential to maintain the integrity of the blockchain network. Yeah, so it pretty much is like multiple people around the world competing against each other, trying to make like compute these tricky mathematical equations. Yes. And one of them yeah. will win. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so if you think about our sort of cryptocurrency series we did, you're looking yeah. at uh, Bitcoin, for example, runs yeah, on Yeah, I think it's that like competition part, that in the race to, to solve things. Yeah, because you've got multiple that is people. the most energy consumption. Yeah. yeah. Um, causes that. Uh, I'll quickly go over proof of stake. Please do. So proof of stake systems, on the other hand, rely on market incentives and validators to put down a stake or deposit in exchange for the right to add blocks to the blockchain. Removing competition from the system by using proof of stake reportedly uses 99.9% .9 less energy than proof of work and therefore decreases carbon emissions, obviously. Mm. Uh, Ethereum, the second biggest blockchain, has recently successfully transitioned from proof of work to a proof of stake system, which mm. we've kind of covered off before. Yes, we have. Yes, but no, not everyone's competing at that point. Yeah. So you're obviously massive reduction in everyone using power at once. Yes, pretty much just one person or a couple of people will actually be doing instead of thousands around the world. Yes, yeah, competing <laughs> to get those sweet, sweet uh, sweet, bitcoins. Sweet, sweet bitcoins. All right, so what else is there? So Educate there are me, also please. other developing consens consensus mechanisms that I found out about that are being put forward. And these are less energy intensive than proof of, proof of work. And the two main ones I found are called proof of authority and delegated proof of stake. So proof of authority... Um, in that system, validators are not required to solve complex mathematical problems or stake their own cryptocurrency. Instead, they are trusted by the network based on their reputation and identity, okay. and they are incentivized to maintain the network's integrity. Because the validators are pre-selected and trusted, a proof-of-authority system can be more efficient and consume less energy than proof-of-work-based systems. Yep but it may also be less decentralised and more vulnerable to attacks if the authorities are compromised. Uh, yeah. So proof of authority is mainly used in private... Oh, ooh, there goes my voice. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> proof of authority is mainly used in private or permissioned blockchains where the network participants are known and trusted rather than in public blockchains where anyone can participate. Okay. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. So if you're yeah. in like sort of a smallish sort of environment and stuff. You've got your own internal thing going on. Yeah. Yes. So you could just like, it's like, I guess like admins of a normal computer network. Yeah. Yep, I know Sean. She's logged on. She's a person. I've yeah. seen her ID. She's good to go. That's why you always have to protect your admin passwords Ooh. in normal computers, guys. Well, well settle Ooh. down there, cyber expert. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of just like cyber security yeah, drops there. Yeah, just throw there. that one out. Yeah. We are partners with the Australian Cyber Security Centre. We Center. are. Yes. yes. <laughs> Which just means they send us emails to tell us not to do silly things on the <laughs> Pretty internet. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> but, but still, hey. it sounds cool. It does. <laughs> um, and the other consensus mechanism I came across is delegated proof of stake. So in a delegated proof of stake system, token holders elect a fixed number of block validators known as witnesses or delegates mm -hmm. to create and validate new blocks on their behalf. In a delegated proof of stake system, token holders can vote for the witnesses or delegates they believe will best represent their interests and ensure the integrity of the network. The weight of a token holder's vote is proportional to the number of tokens they hold. The top vote getters are then chosen as the authorised validators for a set period of time. 
decentralized or delegated proof of stake, yeah, sorry, yeah. aims to be more efficient than proof of work and more decentralized than proof of stake oh, okay. by allowing token holders to have a direct say in the consensus mechanism. Dele- uh, delegated proof of stake Just, can you can also, say DPoS. I keep like tripping up. I want to say decentralized all the time. Yeah. Dpass yes. can also be more scalable than proof of work and proof of stake as the number of block validators is fixed and the network can process a higher volume of transactions with lower latency. However, some critics of the delegated proof of stake argue that it can be less secure and more vulnerable to attacks if the witnesses or delegates are compromised and that the system can become more centralized if a small number of token holders control a significant percentage of the tokens. Yeah, I could see how you could... Yeah, if everyone votes for, like, three people. Yeah, every time. (laughs) Yeah, starts to get a little bit less decentralised. Yes. And the same sort of thing if they're the equivalent of admins on a computer network. So if they got compromised, like, the whole network would be compromised. Yeah, true. Um, But, yes, I found out about those two different ones, that they they exist. I don't know how much they're being used and by who. Yeah, okay. If they are. Um, but they are out there and they are actually still a lot more eco-friendly, I guess, than yes. the proof of work because yes. it doesn't have that competition. Okay. It's just allocated sort of compute. All right. Ting. Excellent. <laughs> there All we right. go. <laughs> we have talked a lot about <laughs> proof of work and proof of state. But yes, but that is probably a very important thing to know about because that is yeah. one of the things that I think gets criticised the most with blockchain. Yes, definitely. Is it's um, energy consumption associated with these consensus mechanisms. Okay. But yeah, but back to the actual current environmental impacts of blockchain, Andy. Do you want to hit us with like some of the different sort of facts that you found out about? I would love to. Oh, good. Because <laughs> <laughs> my voice isn't working anymore, Andy, and I need some water. Pretty uh, much. <laughs> throwing to me. Uh no, no problem at all. So Bitcoin, which is the world's largest cryptocurrency, uh, consumes an estimated 150 terawatt hours of electricity every year, which I think we've mentioned before, uh, an amount equal to the country of Argentina. We said that um, Google was 15.5. Oh, okay. Sorry. And Bitcoin's 150. 150. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> which, as I said... Is the same as the country of Argentina. Which is why there's environmental concerns. There is. Uh, So producing (laughs) that much energy emits approximately 65 megatons of carbon dioxide into the atmosphere on an annual basis. Yes, a lot. But also, I just caveat all this, these are estimated numbers. Yes, it's hard to... It's very hard to figure out who's doing what across the globe, etc. Yeah. Uh, So these are just estimated numbers. That's fair. Yep. Uh, Oh no, more paper. So much paper today. (laughs) <laughs> probably, I probably shouldn't say that on our environmental impact uh, episode. We can regrow trees at least. <laughs> okay. It's not on plastic. Yeah. True. <laughs> uh, there's no direct way to calculate. Oh, that's exactly what I just said. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing so well today, yeah, everybody. Yeah. I, I, I did do a Twitter post about how tired. Sean <laughs> is. She's crazy. So there is actually no direct way, but uh, they figure the estimate using a hash rate and the consumption by commercially available mining rigs. Uh, not sea mining. Yeah, I know. I <laughs> yeah, not oil mining. Like, wait, what? Mining rigs. <laughs> didn't Mark Wahlberg do a movie about that? Digital I didn't know he was into rigs. Bitcoin. Yeah, no, no, no. Hold. Okay. Uh, so, for example, the Cambridge Bitcoin Electricity Consumption Index estimates that Bitcoin, the most widely mined cryptocurrency network, used an estimated 85 terawatt hours of electricity, which is 0.38% of global electricity use, Mm. and about 218 terawatt hours 
of energy, which is 0.13% of global energy production at the point of production, uh, mm. more than Belgium and Finland using the latest country energy estimates from 2019. Yep. So a lot, a lot. Yes. Uh, another estimate by DigiEconomist, a cryptocurrency analytics site, places the figure at 130.3 terawatt hours based on energy consumption through July 9, 22. So up to July 9, mm. 2022. Uh, this computes to around 1,455.8 kilowatt hours of electricity per transaction, the same amount of power consumed by the average American household over 49.9 Holy moly. days. That's huge. Yeah, so every, every transaction, transaction is 50 days worth of power to power. a house. An American house, because they kind of, from memory, run their stuff pretty full. Jeepers. Yes. Okay. That's why we're talking about this, because yeah. holy moly moo. Yeah. But fear not, <laughs> madame. Okay. So Ethereum, the second largest <laughs> cryptocurrency network, was estimated to use 62.77 terawatt hours of electricity per year, based on energy consumption through July 9, 2022. So same as the above one. Mm-hmm. The average Ethereum transaction required 163 kilowatt hours of electricity. However, since Ethereum rolled out its proof of stake upgrade during the merge. I do love it's called cool that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> in September 2022, electrical energy requirements have dropped to 0.01 wow. terawatt hours per year, with one transaction using 0.03 kilowatts. And That's I thought I did the so maths on that, but better. I can't remember. I think it was like half a day's worth of that energy is... or something. That's a change. That's a big change. That's like a 10,000% or Jeepers. drop from the um, Bitcoin one. And that's why we went through the different consensus mechanisms before, because yes. they do matter. Yeah. That's a 99.9% <laughs> reduction. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and some experts predict the blockchain might be the key to sustainability innovations that can help us fight climate change. Mm. The technology could be useful in pollution monitoring and tracking the sustainability of products. Yeah, we'll uh, get that into. I think we'll get into a, that a bit, a little bit in, later. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. So it's, we're just talking about the actual standard use, not how blockchain can be used. Yes. Yes. So we're we, talking about just the actual at the moment. Yeah. What your power company is going to charge you uh, for running the bitcoins and the. That uh, is ETH. terrifying. Like I hadn't actually. Yes. Seen the figures till like doing this, like that's scary. A lot of power. No wonder it's like, ha ha ha. We yeah. really need to figure. We this can out, see everybody. why <laughs> these people were setting up giant uh, mining, like data centers. I watched mm. this guy. I think he's a very big crypto kitty. Yeah. Um, set up like multiple data centers just to mine stuff because even though you're using that amount of power, it's just you're kind of like hundred thousand dollars a month or something ridiculous Oof. in power. Yeah, but he's earning oh, because ten the, million dollars a month. Or those something? original, like yeah, the um, OG, dudes yeah, that the are contracts or whatever it was that they yeah they yeah. mined. They were earning so many Bitcoin, which at the time you know Bitcoin wasn't a huge thing. Yeah, but these days a Bitcoin is worth like thirty three thousand mm. dollars. So yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> there was incentives to be like pay for that power, get the power. Run well, the yeah, servers, we talked about a mysterious uh, AI and how he'll be the first trillionaire uh, if he cashes in all his Bitcoin, right? <laughs> Oh, dear. All right. All right. So we've discussed the current environmental impacts, but let's go through some of the steps that blockchain companies are actually taking to reduce the environmental impacts. Okay. Do you want me to... I'll do the first one. Yeah. Yeah, We kind of covered this. So transition to more energy efficient consensus algorithms. So many blockchains, as we just said, are on proof of work Mm. uh, and they want to trans... They want to move to proof of stake or delegated proof of stake. Uh, which consumes a lot less energy. So what we just said, and you can see it just in the merge there, 
that the that change between a sort of a hybrid model to just proof of stake was a massive drop. Yeah, that made such a big difference yeah. for Ethereum. Like I haven't heard any whispers at all that Bitcoin is looking at this space. No, I don't know. so I read something. I don't know if um, it's in the notes. So if we come across it, we'll just mm. um, say it. I think even Bitcoin isn't going to because yeah. it's only got X amount left to mine. I can't remember what it I was. We so. talked about it. Oh yeah, that previously cap that they have. Yeah, on. the cap. Yeah, yeah. And but even when it's all mined, it'll still be a high energy consumption. Mm. And I couldn't remember why. Sorry, off the top of my head. But even when it's all mined, there's no more mining to do. Still, well, the, that consensus. Have to keep running, yeah. Right? So it's going to be. It probably has to revalidate every now and again. Probably. Yeah, too, of course. Well, everyone will be using it, right? So every time yeah. you use it, it'll... each transaction still gets. Yeah. Wrong. So it's not going <laughs> away, even once it's all mined. Yeah. So do your research into blockchains, please before you yeah, go yeah. buying things to so know yes, what you're getting. Or using things or doing things. Yes. Yes. Um, so another one step that some companies are taking is carbon offsetting. Yep. So some blockchain companies and organizations are investing in carbon offsetting programs to mitigate their carbon footprint. For example, some companies are donating a percentage of their revenue to either carbon offset projects, purchasing carbon credits, or even planting trees. So yes. there's different sort of things that people are trying to do to be like, they are acknowledging we use a lot of power and are contributing yes. a lot of carbon emissions. So yes. we'll try to balance it out somehow yeah. if they can. Yep. Um, but yeah, do you want to do the next one? Yeah, renewable energy. So some blockchain companies are investing in renewable energy projects to power their mining operations. For example, some mining operations are powered by solar or wind energy, which can significantly reduce the carbon footprint. Yeah, I think as that technology and battery power stuff improves, yes. I think that will help a lot. Yes. So I looked at some facts. I don't. I didn't chuck them in here because I didn't want to go deep into it because yeah. we're trying to focus on blockchain, but I think we are looking at a 2.5% reduction by 2030, and then we're completely off uh, consumable hope so. power by 2050, I think is the goal currently, I think to make sure our planet doesn't die, die uh, <laughs> explode in a giant... Well, let's be on other planets, by the way, people. Let's not be a one-planet species, but that's a whole other rant, and well, yeah. uh, good for my sci-fi writing. Well, did you see it was like hitting 50 degrees in Australia, in parts of Australia, over the weekend? Oh, no, I did not see that. Mm. Yikes. Yuck. I've definitely seen some high... I've been in some 40s in Canberra, mm. riding my bike home from work. That was the opposite of fun. My water got too hot, and I couldn't Blech. drink it. Yuck. But yeah, so I think <laughs> once we start looking at that, and as the planet evolves... Yeah. Yeah. Um, some of these things will come down. But uh, yeah. we'll talk a little bit about that at the end. I've got some sort of thoughts on yeah, some okay. stuff. Yeah, okay. We'll go into that. So another um, step that some companies are taking is using more energy-efficient mining hardware. So some companies are actually developing more energy-efficient mining hardware itself. So yes. the actual servers, I think. Yeah, the technology so. used. Yeah. Um, so they can actually reduce the energy consumption of the mining operations. So, yeah, yeah all those bits that are having to be powered all, the day, all day, I yes. think they're trying to make them so that they don't need us. Yes. Much power going into it. And I think one of the other big issues is because this is sort of that mm. modern tech, the actual uh, disposal and uh, waste from those is quite high as well. Yes. Because you can't sort of recycle a lot of this stuff or once it's burned out, it's done. So mm. that's another issue is we have these big giant data centers, but as, as you and I know at least, yeah. five years, tech's old, bin it, right? That's not yeah. going to do what you need it to do anymore it's because we're constantly evolving. So there's a bit of waste from it as well. Yeah. Yeah. There's lots of concerns in all these processes. All right, one more. Uh, Thing that people are doing to help uh, so, currently. Um, we're going to talk about this actually, but blockchain can be used to develop solutions for environmental issues such as tracking carbon emissions, monitoring supply chains and creating more efficient energy grids, mm. which I'm not going to go talk more about because we're about to get into it. Yeah, exactly. But so 
Yes. It's not all doom and gloom, which is good. Yes. <laughs> no, it's not. No. Some good things. Um, but yeah, so that's like some of the steps, practical steps, I think, that companies are taking today to yes. try to help things. Um, and yeah, now we're going to jump over, though, into how the technology itself can actually try to help reducing um, our impact on the environment and on climate change just in general for the world. Yes. <laughs> so do you want to kick off with like one of the main things I think that blockchain can probably start helping yes. with? Uh, and we've talked about this before, uh, twice even, but we'll go into a bit more, and that's supply chain management. Mm. So blockchain technology has the potential to increase supply chain transparency, enable more efficient resource allocation. By leveraging the transparency and immutability of the blockchain, it may be possible to track and verify the origin, sustainability and ethical production of goods and services, which can help reduce waste and promote more sustainable practices. So yeah. just supply chain's huge. It's not one of those sexy topics that a lot of people talk <laughs> about, but I worked in logistics for a small time in my <laughs> very career. It is massive. Yeah. You know, everyone wants their Amazon package in their hand right now today. Yeah. There's a lot of back end to make that happen. Yeah. And if you can obviously work that to a better degree and reduce costs because you've got transport, you've got storage, mm. you've got Heating, cooling, everything that goes with that. Obviously, taking a big chunk of that down is going to reduce emissions. I feel like even just being able to validate, like, if you're a company, I don't know, making some sort of food product and yep. you've purposely tried to source, like, I want the sustainable, I don't know, cocoa bean or something from yes. somewhere or other. Um, blockchain technology can actually help probably with monitoring that product and make sure it is the genuine yes. <laughs> sustainable product that you're putting into your stuff as well so that we can try to be a little bit more... Like verifying that things are actually, they are the sustainable products that you are meaning to have. Because yep. some places, you know, they try to say they're palm oil free, but some places are not actually palm oil free yeah, when you okay. start scratching the surface because people use different titles to stuff. So, yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it can make it a little bit more transparent as well, I think, yeah. for everybody, which is could be good. Yes. It can help. All right. But yeah. What else do we have? Recycling. Everyone loves recycling, right? Well, it's part of our lives now. Yes, very much so. So blockchain technology has the potential to improve recycling by increasing transparency, traceability, and accountability in the recycling supply chain. It's always about supply chain, really, when mm -hmm. you come down to it. So a few ways in which blockchain can help with recycling include tracking waste streams. So blockchain can be used to track the movement of waste materials from the point of collection to the recycling facilities. And this can help ensure that waste is properly sorted, transported and processed and can reduce the risk of contamination or illegal dumping. Off script part, yeah. there was that like Australian show that I've completely forgotten the name of where they... Um, Blue Healers. No, definitely <laughs> not. But they tested out, because um, they used to have the plastic bag recycling yeah, things okay. at like Coles and Woolworths yes, supermarkets. Yeah, yeah. And they put a tracker in the plastic bags yeah. to try to see where they ended up to okay. see if it's like legit this recycled. does go and gets recycled yeah. they ended up in a landfill yeah chasers or something that sounds yeah, like yeah it's the guy like from that. the chaser I've, yeah okay. I've completely forgotten someone comment on the podcast and remind me what it's called yes um but yes blockchain can be used to actually yeah, verify sure. this okay. is legit going to somewhere where it's we'll actually, actually recycle it yeah okay None of this dodgy dodge. Yes. Um, there's, you can also incentivize recycling. So blockchain can be used to create a reward system for recycling where users are incentivized to recycle by receiving tokens or digital currencies that can be used to purchase goods or services. This can encourage more people to participate in recycling programs and increase the volume of recyclable materials. 
Um, and it also can facilitate recycling markets. So blockchain can be used to create marketplaces for recyclable materials where buyers and sellers can transact directly with each other. And this can help reduce the middlemen involved in the recycling process, increase efficiency and reduce the costs. Yeah, excellent. So, yeah, really trying to boost that, like, let's reuse and just we don't have to always buy new people's. Yeah, the old <laughs> buy, like, swap and sell or whatever it is. Much. Yeah, It's yeah. like all the ones that exist today, Gumtree in Australia and yeah. stuff, like, yeah done on blockchain and just directly to each other potentially yeah, exactly. to make for the transactions. All right. Last one, Andy, over to you yeah, for the I last one. Yeah, I found this one super interesting. So uh, we're going to talk about the actual energy uh, and how we use it. So mm. traditional power grids are centralised, which can create inefficiencies in energy distribution, uh, like having an unused surplus. Uh, and in parts of the world affected by natural disasters or poverty, power outages can leave people without access to electricity. Mm. A peer-to-peer blockchain-based energy system would reduce the need to transmit electricity over long distances, which can result in losses along the way. It would also help reduce the need for energy storage because such trading can move electricity locally where it is being produced in excess to where it is needed. So I think that's really cool. Like I have this super maybe futuristic view of the planet being able to use electricity wherever it needs it. Mm. So you don't have people overstoring it and wasting it. It's sort of distributed a lot better. Yeah. So I mean, obviously, the infrastructure for that isn't there, but yeah. that obviously is a massive reduction. It's sort of like water, you know, like this place is flooding and this place is a drought. Yeah. Wouldn't it be good if we could just move the water there somehow? So it's yeah. sort of looking at doing that with power grids. Would it rely on the battery technology sort of thing being improved, I guess? I guess, but it's also that, so, you know, that like the Canberra power that may not talk to the New South Wales power, which doesn't talk to the South Australia power or oh, Victorian more power. Integrated more. Well, it's decentralised, so now you're monitoring the entire sort of network as yeah. a whole and being like, hey, these guys are low on power, but we've got an excess here and you can kind of move it around a bit better. Oh, yeah. So it's like a decentralised power grid. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so I think that's really cool that's where you can sort of move stuff around. And that's a big uh, issue just globally about resources as well. Yeah. Yeah. So hmm. water's a big one and electricity's obviously another. About, you know, we've got too much of something here. We're not going to use it. You guys don't have enough of it. How could mm. we move that around to lower the rate that we need and waste? It's yeah. reducing the waste, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. So overall, the sustainability of blockchain and its environmental impacts are complex issues. Mm. Uh, and there are ongoing efforts to address these challenges. A blockchain technology continues, as blockchain t- technology continues to evolve and mature, it will be important to find ways to mitigate its environmental impact and leverage its potential to promote sustainability in other ways. Yeah. Which is just a tech issue as well, I feel. like. Yeah, things will improve. Like, there's so much incentive to get this right. Yes. And everybody's very aware of environmental impacts these days. And, you yeah, know, it's we not can't... the late 90s. No, no one's arguing with you about, no, yeah, we've got unlimited stuff. <laughs> we don't really have time to mess around with, like, not trying to fix this as well. Yeah. It's like we want the technology to work, but we need to make sure we can do it yeah. so that it lasts into the future. We all want to be in my secondhand bookshop in the metaverse. Yes, we can't we do. do that yeah. if we have I want no to, power. Yeah, I want to download my consciousness to the mainframe and continue to live yeah. forever it doesn't in the stars. Work. Yeah. It doesn't work if we've like burnt the whole planet because we are powering all these servers. Yes, exactly. So this obviously isn't just a specific blockchain issue. Yeah. Uh, but you can see earlier when we were talking about the proof of work and the Bitcoin about yes. how it's obviously raised a lot of eyebrows. Yes, yes. very much. Um, so, and it is. It's always brought up as a bit of a sticking point, I think, as for people wanting to transition or embrace the technology. So it is a thing I think the whole crypto community does need to address and fix. And once that happens, once they fix it, 
I can't see anything yeah. stopping crypto and metaverses and stuff yeah. becoming Well, this th- this is an interesting <laughs> one. This is off script again. If we want the metaverse, if you remember the differences yes. between a metaverse and metaverses and the metaverse, if we yeah. want the metaverse, mm. that is a lot, mm. a lot of data transmitting yep. around all the time, yes. 24-7. Uh, <laughs> so we need to figure ways to be able to support that in an environmentally yeah. sort of safe way. If you want your grass that, like, slowly gets worn down because people yep. are walking over it exactly. in the metaverse. Yeah, that's a lot of ones and zeros <laughs> flying around. There's some computer servers that are going to have to run and compute that constantly. Yes, exactly, yeah. So it's, it's you know, we're not solved it. It's, no. it's not over. But I think that now that we're aware of it and you can just see that massive difference between the proof of work versus yes. the proof of stake. Uh, There's positive steps happening. Yes. Uh, but it, it has a way to go. But watch this space because I do think people will solve it. I'm, I'm a bit of a positive person, I guess. So I always like to think the best. And I, I think people have that it's in their interest to solve this, right? Oh, yeah. As I said, so. people like to make a lot of money, but they like to be able to spend it on stuff. So if there's no stuff because it's all gone, <laughs> yeah. it's kind of pointless. So I, I, we will fair. get there. And it's cheaper, right? Like mm. if you can run on less power, that's less of a power bill for you as a business, yes. which equals more profit. Yes. So it's worth your time and effort to do it. 100%. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I'm glad we like spent some time, though, going through all of this because I think it is an important thing for us to understand in this space. It's just good to know and yeah. it's good to uplift our sort of knowledge when we look at this sort of stuff. Like mm. You can't be too smart on any subject. No. You can be a smart <laughs> ass, <laughs> but you can't be too smart. So I think just that it's a little off topic to sort of what we usually do, but I think yeah. it was a relevant discussion. And I Definitely. learned just doing the research and, uh, you know, just yeah. the, the facial expressions you were making at me before. Yeah. You obviously learned a bit like, there oh. too. <laughs> yeah. Very interested facial expressions from me. <laughs> yes. One day we will get this on video and you all can enjoy this too. Oh, God. Yes. <laughs> but actually put some makeup on or something. <laughs> oh, Sean, you're beautiful just the way yeah, you are. Yeah, shucks. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, that's it yes, for that's this episode. <laughs> uh, next week, I'm very excited about this. We're going to talk about um, self-publishing distribution methods, mm. Amazon, and what going wide means. Yeah. Yeah. I did double check because I like I knew there's going wide. And I just wanted to double check what the other part, like the other side of going wide was. And it's just Amazon. Narrow? It's Amazon. It's just Amazon. Or it's going <laughs> or wide. Or it's going wide. Okay, cool. <laughs> Uh, yeah, That's interesting. Why I had to yeah. Check. I was um, like, is it just Amazon? Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. Cool. 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 All right. Uh, if you haven't already, and you yeah. like action, adventure, and excitement, and you yes. too want to be fist pumping the air yes. after reading something, uh, go download her books. Go be creeped out by my creepiness that comes out. <laughs> <laughs> it gets books. a little dark, people, a but I kind of like it. It's scary and it's awesome and you should be reading it right now. <laughs> Go to our website and sign up to our newsletter to get your free chapters. Yes, excellent. Uh, you can check us out on our website, obviously, what we just mentioned. www.evocecreations.com Invo- <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, Facebook for our fun, random updates about our sort of day yeah. in the life as a bunch of uh, budding young creators. Randomness. Yes. Like, I do need to. I have intentions to start back up my Sean's book corner. I just get a bit slack sometimes. Sorry, been reading. <laughs> yeah, I've already listened to like eight audiobooks this year, so I should probably get on that as yeah. well. Yeah. We've been me. a bit slack. We'll get back on that. Well, we haven't been slack. We've just well, been focusing yeah, on different busy. things. <laughs> Speaking of different things, different Twitter. Where do, what's your handle on the Twitters? What is my handle? Char- oh. At Sean Lee Creator. Yes, correct. Creator, I creator. should say, with a better accent for anyone who's not Australian. Yes. And if 
if um, we were better organised, mine wouldn't be Andy Mac Creative. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's all right. That's fun, though. It is. It um, is. And then we've also got Ad Invoke Creations, which is our Bards Lost in the Metaverse Twitter. So yes. that's the actual podcast is on there. And we yep. say when we've got new episodes going out and kind of retweets a lot of our stuff as well. So that's our business sort of. Podcast one. It's the podcast one. It's yeah. the podcast. So you see Sean drinking tea with her I'm not awake face. I'm and pretty sure I'm kissing I the was, cup. I was about to reply with the picture of me in your driveway being like, let's go. But, I you saw know. you did say let's go. Oh, yeah, I took the picture, the picture out because it's too much good looking <laughs> too uh, much, in one photo. Too early in the day. All right. Um, but we're also our Invoke Sounds on YouTube. You can go check out all the music. Yes. There's Invoke Art on Instagram to look at all your artworks, which... There haven't been any new ones, but all your previous ones are on there. So yes, you can there go will check be. There will out. be. Yeah, keep it in your list. Um, show notes are on our website. If you have any questions about what we've said, go look. I have a question. Where can I listen to the Invoke Beats Summer uh, 22 23 the albums, album? Yeah. The albums can be listened to on Spotify, Apple Music, pretty much anywhere you stream your music. It's awesome. out there. <laughs> all right. Look up Invoke Beats, Sean Lee. It's under. It's yeah. Artist. Very exciting. Yeah, it's yeah. random. It'll be you at the Super out- Bowl soon. Let's play piano. You're hilarious. Like, I, I wouldn't even be singing. It's just instrumental stuff. It's just a charm with her laptop. <laughs> I just press play. <laughs> yeah, just- Here's the tracks I made, guys. Press yeah. play. <laughs> with a- dancing behind <laughs> and some dance. There'll be lots of dancing. We'll get into that at another day. We've got a lot of work to do. We do. We're going to go put our bum in our seat and do it. So until next time, everyone, stay dangerous. Bye.